0: Somebody, how many know that the blessing is already yours? The healing is already yours. The breakthrough is already yours. Come on, come on, somebody. God already gave it to you. You just gotta go out and grab it. Come on, somebody. You just gotta go out and grab it. It's yours. Come on, it's yours. Woo! Come on, somebody, you ought to lift your voice. You ought to lift your voice. Come on, it's yours that blessing that breakthrough that healing that deliverance it's already yours Woo! my god come on somebody if you know it's yours why don't you clap your hands amen 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 if you got the holy ghost the bible says that you have power from on high That means whatever situation comes my way, whatever it seems like, you know what, I got the victory. Come on, whatever it might might look like, I don't have to worry because if, come on, come on. If God's on your side, you ain't got nothing to worry about. If you got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on your side, that should give you enough reason to already start dancing to give you enough reason to already clap your hands and to jump and to worship because you know what? The battle's not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. Woo. Woo. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let us lift up our voice. Come on, the Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people. That means all of you. And lift your voice and shout it to God with the voice of triumph. Come on, shout out to God, because you already got the victory. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. My God. My God. I'm telling you, I just feel something so good in the house tonight. I feel some Holy Ghost strength. I, I feel some faith in the building tonight. Amen? How many of us know that God can do anything? How many of us know that God, How many of us know that God can do anything? The Bible says He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The Bible says that heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. The Bible says he's got all power. Whoa, Jesus. Amen. Amen. My God. Amen. Let's clap our hands one more time in this place. Come on. You know why we clap our hands? Because it sounds like chains are falling. That's why I clap my hands. Because I've been freed from sin. That's why I clap my hands because I got the victory. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We can make our way back to our seats. Woo! It feels good in the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 I have, I have the honor and the privilege of bringing up our speaker for tonight. He is what I call a brother from another mother. And um, how many love Brother Judah? Yes. Amen. I love Judah so much. Him and Isaac are like long lost brothers. I've never had, you know. For those of you who don't know, I'll give you a little secret. Uh, You know, I say they're brother from another mother, you know, because pastor and first lady, you know, on the download, they adopted me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's what it feels like, though. But, you know, I love brother Judah. He's got such an anointing on his life. He's got such a calling on his life. And how many are ready to hear what the man of God has to say? Amen. So let's stand one more time and clap our hands and just lift up our voices that the man of God comes to deliver the word. Judah, whatever you want to give to us, we're ready for it.
1: Come on, send that up to God in this place right now. Somebody go ahead and lift up the name that is above every name. We know that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue confess. Somebody just lift him up in this place right now. Before we go on with this service, let's just take a moment and give praise to the almighty Savior in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I count it an honor to be standing behind this desk tonight. I do not take it lightly. Um, I understand. I understand the importance that comes with when you step behind this desk. There is a great weight of responsibility that is upon my shoulders right now. But I'm not going to let that hinder me from preaching what God has given me. Amen. It has been confirmed multiple, multiple times, and I am confident that somebody in here is going to leave changed. Somebody in here is going to leave <laughs> renewed. I would like to give honor tonight to Pastors Ferlaza. Thank you. He truly has been like a, a brother from another mother. <laughs> uh, Talked to you guys about two in the morning Wendy's trips and tearing down Valentine's banquets and just doing the work of the Lord. I'd also like to give great honor to my father and, my, and the pastor of this house. Daddy, I love you. The the young man you see standing up here behind this pulpit today would not be here if it wasn't for that man right there. And more than him just being my father, he's been a spiritual father in my life. And I thank you for that. If we would turn in our Bibles, if you have your Bibles, to the book of Proverbs chapter 6. I do not plan on being before you guys very long tonight, but what I'm going to teach, I feel, is going to change someone's heart, is going to change someone's life. So if you came in here tonight and you're thinking that it's just another youth service, then I'm sorry, but you're wrong. If you came in here tonight and you're just trying to get through the motions, I pray that you will find a spot right now to get ready for what the Lord is about to say. Proverbs chapter chapter six, verses one, starting at verse one. "My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth." In other words, it's saying, you're caught up in your own words. Do this now, my son. And deliver thyself when thou art come into the hand of thy friend. Go, humble thyself, and make sure thy friend. Give not sleep to thine thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Do it now. Don't wait another day. I want you to do this right now. I want you guys to listen to this verse right here. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. What the writer is trying to stress is, listen, you've gotten yourself into a predicament, and it doesn't specify what it is, but it's saying if you're gonna get out of this, you gotta get out of it right now. You can't wait till tomorrow. You gotta run like you're being hunted. If we go down to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, It's a mere, close to 30 verses later, we find this. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23. He says again, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. By means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. And the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. He's saying again, son, take the commandments. Take the instructions that I've given you and apply them. Because the whorish woman is hunting you. If we move a chapter over into Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6... We see what unfolds. It says, for at the window of my house, I looked through my casement, and behold, among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot and subtle of heart. She is loud and stumber. Her feet abide not in her house. Now she is without, now in the streets, and lieth at wait in every corner. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me this day. Have I paid my vows? Therefore came I forth to meet thee, diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with love. For the good man is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He hath taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. Now I want you guys to really listen to these next few verses. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till a dart strike through his liver. As a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell going down to the chambers of death. And for the next few moments, with God's help, I want to preach the predator of your soul. The predator of your soul. If we could lift our hands in this place, God, right now, Jesus, we can do nothing without you, Lord. God, would you move in this place right now, Jesus. Reach your hand down into every heart, God, into every mind, into every spirit, Jesus. God, would you soften any hard ground, Jesus. God, bring clarity to me, Jesus. Help me to communicate what you've given me, Jesus. Help the soil, God, be broken up and ready to receive. Touch us. Let a move happen in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. We find in our text a young man and a young woman. And I would like to take a moment and I would like to break this ver- these verses down for you a little bit here. Starting out back at the beginning at verse 7, the writer says he's looking at it through his house. He is seeing the third perspective of what is going on. And he sees a young man void of understanding. Void means that he does not have it. He did not have understanding. Let me tell you tonight, when you come to church and you hear the word of God, there is a difference between hearing something and understanding something. When you come into this place and you come in here, it's more than just hearing the words that are coming out. But it's understanding and letting it affect your heart. Sometimes, and I'm not saying any of you guys do this, sometimes We could blame the man of God for his lack of preaching. But let me tell you, you cannot blame the man of God for his lack of preaching when you're not giving any attempt into even understanding what he's preaching. We find in verse 8 that he was in her street. He was passing through her corner. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He shouldn't have even been near there. We find in verse 9 that it was in the dark. It was in the quiet time where no one would see or no one would hear. We find in verse 10 that the woman looked like a harlot. So that means that this man understood that this woman is trouble. When he looked at the woman, he said, man, this is a harlot. But the Bible also said that she was subtle in her heart. Subtle meaning crafty, cunning, secretive. Even though he saw, man, this is a bad woman. She was cunning. She was attractive. He was intrigued by this woman. So we move on and we see in verse 11 that the writer gives us a little context about this woman. It says, she is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. I'm going to tell you today, you need to watch out for people who are stubborn. You need to mark people who are stubborn in your life. And you need to say, I need to be careful with this person. And secondly, you need to watch out for people whose feet are not in the house of God. If you're, taking, if you're taking wisdom and you're letting people pour into your life whose feet are not in their house, then you're wound up. You're, you're headed down the road. Verse 12 in the Amplified Version says that she's in the street at every corner setting up ambushes. She does this all the time. She's in every street, at every corner, being ready, waiting for the opportunity to strike. We see in verse 13, she caught him and kissed him. She went to him. He didn't go to her. Not all the bad things in your life you have to go in and grab. Not all the sins that happen in your life are because you went and did them. Sometimes opportunities are going to come to you. And it's whether you're going to act on those opportunities or not. We see in verse 15... That she acts like he was the only person in the world that she cared about. I came forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face. I have found thee. She makes it seem like he's the only one in the world that she cares about. No matter what someone is telling you, no matter if they're saying that you are their world, you need to be careful because you do not know what their motives are. We see in verse 16 and 17... That she paints this beautiful picture. I've decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, alloys, and cinnamon. She paints this beautiful picture of what it is that she's trying to draw him into. And because he was void of understanding, she's beginning to seduce We see in verse 18 that she says, come, let us take our fill of love into the morning and let us solace ourselves with loves. The word solace means to comfort or console in the time of need or sadness. You need to be careful who you listen to when you're in a vulnerable spot. i must say that again. You need to be careful who you listen to when you're in a vulnerable spot. When you're in there, your mind's not thinking straight. When you listen to the wrong influences, we see in verse 19 and 20 that she's saying the good man is not at home. He is on a long journey. He hath taken a bag of money with him, and he'll come at the appointed time. God's not coming back soon. I don't know what you're, you're, they've been saying that for the past 2,000 years, that God's about to come back. God's not coming back soon. He'll come back at the appointed time. So why not have a little fun? You can repent later. It's not that big of a deal. And then finally, in verse 21 and 22, we see that with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. That shows us that originally he wasn't even thinking about listening to her. He end up yielding to her. When he first saw her, she, he sees this harlot. This young man is walking in, he sees a harlot, and he's, whoa, what is this? But as she begins to be subtle, and she begins to work her way, and manipulate, and seduce, he yields. It's not like he just saw it and immediately was drawn to her. He end up yielding to her. With that, We're going to jump into this. Monday morning, I was still kind of wrestling with what I was going to preach. And I was out in the chicken coop with my mother. We were fixing up some little chickens. We just transitioned some baby chickens out to the chicken coop. And we're over there, and I'm over here bent down, getting them some food and checking their water. And all of a sudden, something catches my eye in the corner. And I looked, and I saw a snake coiled up in the corner, facing off with our rooster. So Immediately, mom, there's a snake. Mom, there's a snake. Mom, there's a snake. And we have, we've trained our chickens to respond to the, the words, here, chicky, 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 because they think they're going to get a treat. So my mom, oh, my word, oh, my word. And it was inside the coop. So we said, let's get them out of the coop. Before we even try and mess with this snake, let's get the chickens out. So my mom said, here, chicky, chicky, here, chicky, chicky. And all of our chickens came running out of the coop into safety. And it was at that moment I took a shovel and I was able to bash the head of this snake. Why this this stood out to me, this this was confirmation for what God has been doing with me. The first thing that stood out to me was the snake was coiled up at our rooster. What does the rooster do? The rooster protects. The rooster oversees the rest of the hen. The rooster is in the middle between danger and the hens. Somebody in this place tonight, I don't know what you're doing, but the only thing stopping you and the devil attacking you is your man of God. The only thing that is stopping the devil from sinking his fangs into you is your man of God. The next thing that stood out to me, if you understand snakes, snakes are not interested in the big chickens. They don't care about the big chickens. The big chickens would actually eat the snakes. The rooster would have destroyed that snake. If we put that strike in with the rooster, he would have destroyed it. But you know what the, the snake is interested in? He's interested in the young ones. And he's interested in the eggs. The devil is interested in young people and their seed. So young people hear me tonight, you are number one on the chopping block for the devil. You are number one on the chopping block for the devil. They're too, the devil's too sissy. He doesn't want to deal with the seasoned Santa God. He knows what the Santa God will do to him. When we say, My dance will crush Satan, our dance crushes Satan. But he wants, see the devil, the devil's a sissy. I wish I could just punch him in the face. He goes after the harmless ones. He goes after the ones that can't defend themselves. So you guys got to listen to what I'm saying tonight. I'm speaking with urgency because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I felt the burden. I felt the burden in my heart. Someone, this is the difference. Tonight, it's between you and the devil tonight. And I'm coming as a messenger of God. And it's not for my glory. Don't get me wrong. If it was up to me, I wouldn't even be up here tonight. But I'm, 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 I'm reaching for someone in this place. Please hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. The next thing is they listen to the call. The chickens listened to the call. When my mom called them, they listened to the call. Their, their obedience and their understanding of what the call meant is what saved them chickens. Imagine if one of those little chickens didn't listen to the call. Imagine if one of them came running back over to the snake. When your man of God speaks, when you hear the word of God preach, you have to listen to the call. You have to listen and you have to obey. If you don't listen and you don't obey, you don't know what you're headed into. Just because you're small and you can't see five feet ahead, you can't see 20 feet ahead, your man of God is standing up and he's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a snake right there. There's a snake right there. Come here. Come here. Get away from that snake. But you have to listen to your man of God. If you don't listen to your man of God, that snake can attack you. Just like there are predators in the natural world. Let me tell you tonight that there are predators, predators in the supernatural word, world. This day and age, we are at the worst of the worst. 50, 60 years ago, you may have not seen it as much. It may have been behind closed doors or you had to go search for it in a magazine. But now it's being blasted in our face. You pull up YouTube and half-naked women are sitting on the front of your YouTube channel. You go to the store and you see magazines of guys with no shirts on flexing. It's not like it was 50, 60 years ago, young people. The devil is out and he is out in a great fashion. He has no holds barred. We have women like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion performing. Terrible, terrible acts on stage at the Grammy Awards this past year. And you have people saying, man, this is so beautiful. It's empowering women. But if you pick up a Dr. Seuss book, you know, you can't pick up a Dr. Seuss book because that's bad. But yet we have women over here showing women, showing young girls what you do to your body degrading your body, you put it out there, you sell your body. I know this has caused a lot of stir here, and I, I'd like to jump on it again. Little Nas X, y'all already know. you already know his shoes coming out. I don't have to explain to you any of that. But what I do want to tell you tonight is I was reading an article on his new song, and you know what Huey said his main focus is? He said, in my music is young people i want to reach the young i want to reach this next generation i'm telling you that put the fear of god into me because he isn't worried about you he isn't worried about adults he knows they've already seen it but young people he's worried about you he's trying to infiltrate your mind before you even have a chance to understand what is going on he he brought out a children's book he wrote a children's book. Oh, it's a children's book. It's, it's just a children's book. ABC's with little Nas X. But then the next day, he's performing satanic moves and giving lap dances to the devil. And you have your child reading his children's book. Showing up at schools. Oh, yeah. Look it up. Go fact check me. Showing up at schools to young people. As scary as this is, and as heart-wrenching that is, let me tell you, that's not my main worry. Megan the Stallion, Cardi B, those are terrible, but they're not my main worry. You know what my main worry is? It's the sly ones. Yeah. Sure, if we saw Lil Nas X walk in right now, we'd be, whoa, whoa, dude, what is this guy? But what about the promotion on your job that has you missing more church? What about that cute boy at your work who's been eyeing you up and is trying to get your number? Yeah, if we saw the devil walk in right now, Brother John, I'm, I'm having Brother John be the devil. Brother John is not the devil, but Brother John's the devil. I, I, I've, I almost knocked spit out of my mouth. That's what we'd be like, right? Any stand of God in here, you see the devil, you get riled up. Yeah, let's go, bro. I got the power of God in me. But what if the devil doesn't come like that? What if the devil is sneaking into you unawares? See, the devil's in your music account, the devil's in your YouTube search history. He doesn't have to come, he doesn't have to come, guns a blazing. Lord, help us. The devil didn't come to Eve like that. This is the first sin. We bring it back to the beginning. If you look at Eve, he didn't come to Eve like that. He, and it was a daily occurrence. He kept coming to Eve and kept coming to Eve. And slyly, you could be like the most high. That's why when we see in 1 Peter 5.8, it says to be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour it's interesting that it says be sober because you realize what it's really trying to say is be cognitant don't get so caught up in taking the booze of this world don't be watching so many youtube videos don't be listening to so much trash podcast that you're not sober you're drunk on the lust of your flesh that you don't even have a comprehension of what's right from wrong. See, that's what happens when you drink alcohol. When you drink alcohol, you you lose you don't even know what's going on. You lose control of your limbs, your slurred speech, and that we could get spiritual, we could get spiritually drunk as well. Let me tell you that. When you start filling yourself up with trash and trash and trash and wickedness and wickedness, you could blur your vision. You could sp- blur your spiritual vision and your spiritual speech become flurred, you could get you could get spiritual predators predators are hunters and me being an avid hunter makes me think of some correlations between predators and hunters you see there are more, multiple layers that come in to hunting it's more than just killing the animal. There's a few little ways. There's a few things that I'm going to tell you about tonight that make hunting easier. The first, game trails. What a game trail is, is it's a trail that has been made after animals have went there multiple, multiple, multiple times. And you know what's at the end of almost every single game trail? Water. Let me tell you, our spiritual... Game trail is the exact same way. The devil is watching your trail, and he's seen where your watering holes are. He's seen where your watering holes. The the devil's watching you more than you think he is. He's saying, "All right, when they jump on Safari, which website are they going to? Okay, and then that website they go over here. All right, when they jump on their Apple Music, what are they going right here? When they go to the mall, which store are they going in right here? The devil is watching your game trail." The next thing are decoys. Decoys are meant to imitate something that they are not. Let me tell you be careful who calls you friend. Be careful who calls you bestie. When you put a decoy out, it makes, it makes the animal feel comfortable. When you get a friend, oh man, you're comfortable with your friend. When you put a decoy out, the animal feels comfortable because, oh, is that another animal? Oh, he looks just like me. Oh, he wears a skirt? Or she wears a skirt? He wears a tie? Oh, okay. He's fine. He's fine. He comes to church every Sunday morning? Okay, okay, he's my friend. Let me tell you that a decoy is nothing but letting you come in until you get comfortable and you are in the prime position for the devil to strike. next thing is calls calls stimulate an animal in distress you we do it a lot when we're actually predator hunting you go and you take a call and you put it in the middle of a field and you put out a rabbit screaming out for help and what does that do that perks any predators in the area's ears up and they come flying to that to that animal because it's a weak predator it's easy prey it's easy prey when you see a weak animal that's dying man that's free lunch What happens when we're in distress and we're sending out calls? What happens when we're talking bad about people just because we're in a bad mood? What happens when we get mad at our man of God and we start mouthing off about him? What happens when we get twisted on our spirit, spirit and we start throwing out rebellious? What happens? The devil is listening to those and he said, whoa, this is easy prayer right here. Hey, boys, boys, this one. This one right here, okay? This one right here, it's easy. Pray when your calls are going out. The battlefield is in our mind. Let me explain this to you. You know, this really hit me when this happened. It was a few months ago. I was sitting in bed at night, sleeping. I was laying in bed. I wasn't sitting. I was sleeping. And all of a sudden, from my sleep, I heard... (laughs) My eyes were closed. And I was like, what the world, Malcolm? Because if we have dogs, and I reach over, Malcolm's not there. Malcolm's not sleeping with me. <laughs> what the world? And it, I heard it circling me, and I was frozen. I couldn't move. And I just heard what sounded like a huge wolf just circling my head, circling my head. And finally, I just, in my head, I started saying, Jesus, 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 until finally, it was like I couldn't speak, but I just kept saying, Jesus in my head, Jesus, and finally it broke through, Jesus, 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 and when I did it, I broke through and I couldn't move again. I was, I, whoa, just a nightmare. I went to sleep. Next morning, I got up, and I told my mom, mom, I had a weird dream last night. I said, yeah, what was, what was it about? And I said, well, I explained to her the dream. And she said, "Mm, that's interesting that it was circling your mind. Well, your thoughts happen, And it clicked. And it's like God showed me the battle is in your mind. The battlefield happens in your mind. The devil is constantly watching what you're thinking. He's constantly watching what's processing through your mind. That's why we see in Ephesians 6.12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, the sin that we are fighting against isn't flesh. I know that when you look at that girl and you start feeling that way, that's not flesh. That's in your mind. That is in your mind. Young person, hear me tonight. The battlefield is in your mind. The battlefield is in your mind. We see also in Proverbs 23, chapter 6. Through seven, eat thou not bread of him that hath an evil eye. Neither desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Listen to that statement. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is is he. If you look at this statement, it's sort of like a paradox. Because we don't have the ability to think inside of our heart. We, we don't have the ability of that as human beings. But what the Bible is trying to communicate is that there's a direct correlation between your thought life and your heart. There's a direct correlation between your thought life and your heart. So that's why when we see in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 that the Bible says, the heart is deceitful, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Let me tell you tonight, young person, let me tell you tonight that your thoughts are connected with your heart. That's why we don't follow our heart. I know that's what the world wants to say. Follow your heart. My Bible's telling me that my heart is deceitful. It's in your heart's nature to, to deceive you from what the truth is. Just go talk to Saul, who listened to his heart. He ended up in a witch's room and ended up committing suicide with the power and anointing of God on the back of his shoulder. As the musicians come, we can all stand in this house. I'm coming to a close. There's one last type of hunting method that's called spot and stock. This is probably the most advanced, one of the hardest to pull off. But when you do it good and you're successful at it, it, it works out. You see... When I think of spot and stock, I think of the story I've heard. It was a young man, a teenager, and he was going to get, he lived on a farm. And you see, the way it worked is he had to provide food for the, the whole farm. Well, I said the whole farm. It was him and his grandparents, but they worked on a farm. So he would go out and he would kill animals to bring food in for his family. So it was just another day. Wakes up early, grabs his gun off the gun rack, throws it over his shoulder. He goes walking out into the field. And as he's walking, you know, he finds a game trail. And he's following this game trail. And as he's following this game trail, he sees a uh, doe off in the distance. He sees a deer. So he pulls his gun up, sights it in, gets it all lined up. Boom. Nailed it. Nailed the deer. Sick. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to let it run a little bit. Let it bleed out goes, finds the, finds the blood, blood trail, and he starts walking this blood trail. All right, it should be here soon. 30 minutes passes, 40 minutes passes, 50 minutes passes, and still no deer. He's perplexed. Man, I I shot that deer. And he keeps following this deer. He keeps following the blood trail. Pretty much sooner or later, it's two hours. It's three hours. It's four hours. And he gets to this opening, and man, he sees the deer, laying under a tree. But as soon as he approaches it, the deer's off again. So he goes where the deer was and he keeps following the deer. He keeps following this deer. Pretty soon it's dusk time. And he's like, man, where's this deer at? Dusk turns to night and he's walking through the night and it's cold. He's in the snow, trudging through the snow. Man, I can't leave this deer. I need to get this deer. And he's following this deer and he's following this deer and he's following this deer. And then certain sooner, sooner enough, he's just weary of exhaustion sub-degree temperatures but he's pushing on I gotta get to this deer I gotta get to this deer morning comes and as he's stumbling tired he's just been walking all night trying to find this deer he sees the deer and he sees the deer and he's walking and he didn't know what perplexed him and he puts his gun down and he walks over to the deer and barely any strength left he's on his knees he reaches down and he touches the deer got him he falls back in the snow. Man, I got the deer. All night, I've worked for this so long, I finally got the deer, finds the strength to open his eyes, picks himself up, and the deer is gone. What? What I just touched it. The deer was right here. I just touched it, and the, the blood trail's gone. There's no more blood trail. He follows the tracks 50 feet and the tracks disappear. The deer was gone. Somebody in here tonight, you may feel like a deer who's been shot. And you may be weak and it took everything just to get you into this place tonight. And you feel like you don't have much strength left. But let me tell you if you're going to get away from the hunter, you got to keep walking. You got to keep walking. You got to keep walking. Somebody hear me tonight. You may have been in this predicament a long time and you feel like, man, I just can't. I don't have the strength anymore. Living for God is too hard. You're this, as close as you are to ending your walk with God is as close as you are to your breakthrough and to moving on with God. As these altars are open tonight, I uh, just come if you will. But let me tell you somebody right now, you gotta run to the savior. You gotta run to the savior in this place. I don't know what you're feeling, I don't know what's happening in your personal life, but right now you need to run to the one who can fix it. You need to run to the one, the lover of your soul right now. Don't be like, don't be like the sheep in the book of Amos when the shepherd reached down into the mouth of the lion and he pulled out an ear. And two, two legs, and a piece of an ear. Let me tell you, someone right now, you gotta keep running, keep running. Don't let the devil steal your ear. Don't let the devil steal your egg. Right now, somebody, right now, you gotta run into the arms of the Savior. It's important right now, right now, right now. Use everything you have left.